Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, you're listening to The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. I'm Mike, she's Emma, and today we're taking another page out of the uh, Masters of Non-Playbook and doing our worst of first 60s companions. Look out for our top 8.5 um, <laughs> 60s costumes or 60s monsters or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> We should actually put that down sometime. <laughs> we should, yeah. yeah. Uh, before we start, we mm. should really make some clarifications about this. Right. Because there are some names on... If you look at the Wikipedia list of 60s companions, mm-hmm. there are some people on that list which I do not agree with. Okay. Sarah Kingdom and Katarina. Yeah. I've got them as DNP, did not place. Yep. Yeah, same here, DNP. Um, I think it's mostly just because they really weren't in it all that much. I mean, you know, Sarah Kingdom was only in Dark's Master Plan, and then, you know, Katarina was in, like, the last episode of Myth Makers, and then she got killed off, what, like, two episodes into yep. Dark's Master Plan or something like that? So it's they barely even count Yeah, as companions. I mean, they might as well have fed Sarah Kingdom to Truckosaurus for all it mattered in that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, um, if you look at the Wikipedia list, uh, the brig is on the... The second oh, half of the 60s he's, list. He's not a companion. Not a companion. We've said this before. It, the brig exists in his own sort of weird category. Yeah. And it, it, it is not of that of a companion. So no. he's not on my list. Again, DMP did not place. Mm. I didn't even so, have him down, to be perfectly honest, because nah. he's just flat out not a companion. <laughs> yeah. So the list that I have is 11 folks. So we've mm-hmm. got Susan Foreman, we've got Barbara Wright, Ian Chesterton, Vicky, Stephen Taylor, Kata, not Katharina, not Sarah mm-hmm. Kingdom, Dodo Chaplet, Polly, Ben Jackson, Jamie McCrimmon, Victoria Waterfield and Zoe Harriet. Mm-hmm. Indeed. That is the official list that I am working from. Yes. So we're doing 11 to 1. Okay. So who's your number 11? Dodo. Right. Okay. Purely because, you know, at this point, um, Caroline Ford had uh, moved on mm-hmm. and they really wanted a Caroline Ford replacement to the point where they wanted Maureen O'Brien, um, not sorry, not Maureen O'Brien, not to good about it, uh, to put the point they wanted um, Jackie Lane mm-hmm. to dye her hair black. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it was just really like... It, it, she just, she just is it, so kind of doesn't really do much for me at all, really, as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, the poor woman struggling with a liver puddy and accent, dying to break out of her, <laughs> of her vocal cords. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. I mean, I think that she put it on very for a little while, and it was quickly sort of like undone mm-hmm. uh, by the BBC, as I remember. Um, yeah, don't know, just sort of like, like honestly, you can't sort of like think of anything stand out that she did apart from no. disappear at the end of War, War, uh, War Machines. Machines. Yeah, and he's yeah, War I mean, Games literally, there. she literally she gets a headache and doesn't come back. <laughs> yeah, and then she gives them someone her TARDIS key and says, "I'll tell him I'm not coming back. I'm going for a lie down in the country." Mm. It's it end. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I mean. I have to admit, she was actually my number 10, but to right. be fair, my 10 and 11 could easily be the same number. Yeah. Because they're, they're both on equal standing. So my sort of like 10 slash 11 is Polly. Oh, okay. Oh, the, she's, she's sort of not quite up there, but I mean, we'll get to her for me in a minute. Yeah. So why why so low for Polly? 
because basically she's just there to make coffee. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, the the episode where she literally just does make coffee ends up solving the problem. So yeah, but I mean, it's I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, she's got like so the problem I have with like some of these bomb ranks. Uh, folks, is because the characters whose stories, by and large, just don't exist anymore. No, so, it's so difficult to make a judgment about them. Yeah. So I think if if the myth makers still existed, mm-hmm. we we might be having more of a debate about uh, uh, Katerina, for instance. Mm-hmm. But because we have nothing of her apart from telly snaps and the audios, we've got nothing to go on really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I think we might go into the same problem with Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, just it, nothing of them really exists. And I think when you when you look at other characters in this like this this kind of little section here, mm-hmm. in terms it's, it's this sort of companion character development, it's sort of a, a trait that we attribute to the post-2005 series. Mm-hmm. But really, it, it, it starts right from here. And I think that... You know, Polly and some of the other characters we'll be talking about at the bottom half of the well, top or bottom half of this list, depending on how you look at it, they just kind of don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's kind of I think that's kind of why I rank like the likes of Dodo and Polly so low is because mm-hmm. they don't really do much. But then again, we don't have the chance to see them do very much because their episodes don't exist. So you kind of have to go off what you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I say, with Polly, she's yeah you know, the the amount of times of like seen clips where they you know the doctor i think it was like i can't remember which one was it um but like you know the doctor says to her you know why don't you go make some coffee keep everybody happy and stuff and it's just things like that it's just sort of mm. so you know I mean, of, yeah i mean it's sort of thing if she wasn't there would you know it? would you notice would you miss her uh, uh, it's mm. yeah um and dodo again like we say you know sort of she introduced a call to a uh, future civilization so yay <laughs> I guess I suppose that's something I suppose yeah yeah um, it, yeah, it, yeah I mean that's you can't really say much more about them and it's such a shame mm, indeed well I mean I think say, I mean, my number 10 is, is Maureen O'Brien's Vicky um, right. again almost purely for the same reason you know just kind of trying to capture that Carol Ann Ford mm-hmm vibe that you know there was this because obviously you've got a doctor who's an actor holding or older acting doctor mm-hmm. so there was this idea that you have to have kind of a, a middle-aged action man mm-hmm. and mum almost yeah. so you have a granddad mum and dad and and baby like grandchild almost yeah the family unit yeah the family unit idea and and they they keep trying to fill this grandchild role and it just doesn't doesn't work Mm-hmm. After Susan's mm-hmm. gone, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Dodo was my number ten, but like I say, right. she and Polly are easily interchangeable. Uh, my number nine is actually Ben. Oh, same with me, exactly uh, same. Because unlike Polly, there's a little bit more to him. He's slightly crap. Um, yeah, because I mean, he yeah. doesn't like having like pokes about his height being made, and also he is he. Uh, I think I remember from War Machines, there's this bloke who was like giving Polly Hassel at a nightclub. She was like trying to brush him off, but Ben was the one who stopped, stepped forward. Mm. You know what I mean? It, like he he always had like chips a chip on his shoulder about something. You know yeah. the fact that he was stationed on shore rather than on board a ship. You know he was a navy lad, and um, he he was like a working class companion. You know so. 
yeah, like I say, there's just a little bit. There's that little bit more to him that makes him rank slightly higher for me. Yeah, but do you feel like it, when you get to the end of his story, do you feel like he's different or changed or inspired by his inventions? I mean, um, well, not really. Not really, no. But I think it's like I say, it's just these few little character traits that he has. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's good. It's a good start. I mean, they yeah. didn't really do anything with it, but it's nice to have something. It could have just easily been so like very milk toast. Yeah, he could have just been a bloke off the street, but they sort of went to the trouble of giving him like a backstory. Yeah. And and linking having this sort of chalk and cheese, posh and common thing with between him and Polly. Mm-hmm. Um like, you know, he, which, like he always calls a Duchess. Duchess, yeah. yeah. Which obviously for, for British viewers makes sense. Mm-hmm. This kind of whole class division and sort of, you know, obviously Polly's out in town looking for a bit of rough and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. So it, it kind of it, we understand that language. Mm-hmm. But I just think that because when Again, you you insert Burton, uh, Ben and Polly from the War Machines, mm-hmm. and you stick them in right at the end when they leave the Doctor's company. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of the same, you know. Yeah. Maybe Polly's coffee's a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> she was only freshly ground coffee, not instant. Yeah, she doesn't use all the <laughs> the scumbag uh, mellow birds that uh, we all use and stuff. Toy. So, <laughs> yeah. <Toy. laughs> Um, so my number eight is Polly. Right, okay. Um, you know, for all the reasons that we... I mean, it's sort of that... We, well, we always do these list things, that the the end is easy and the beginning is easy. It's sort of ranking the, the two-thirds middle and mm-hmm. top two-third is always the tricky part. So, I mean, mm-hmm. again, I think that my sort of ten, nine, and eight could easily just swap around pretty easily. Yeah. Um, my number eight is Victoria. Oh, okay, right. Um, and it's just I, I, I saw old leather like, lungs, as yes. uh, Patrick Trout used to call her. <laughs> yeah, could that I be mean, why she's there? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she does get some good moments, like mm-hmm. Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah, um, absolutely, Tomb of the Cybermen. But when the solution to one of the crises of the week is to actually have a scream and resolve the plot. Yeah, but they. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, not okay. something they they never did again. Yeah, uh, that's see, true. You can see also, um, oh bloody, um, oh it's left me at the moment. But yeah, the the screen to solve the problem it ha- does make a an unwelcome return um, later in the series. But yeah, I mean that is her superpower. Yeah, it's just I mean it's a shit. I mean, again, you know, a, quite a chunk of Deborah Watling's stories kind of aren't around and it's just sort of like yeah yeah like she does have her moments but unfortunately the fact that she's such a screamer mm-hmm. sort of like taints it you know and when and if you ever sort of like have the stereotype of you know the doctor who companions are all girls and they just stand around screaming at monsters unfortunately she and mel yeah, that was what I was trying to the the, the thing that had fallen out of my brain because mm-hmm. uh, you know infamously they asked Bonnie Langford to scream in a certain key <laughs> and things like that. So <laughs> yeah, and you know, but I mean, she doesn't really get much of a send off either. She just decides to stay behind. I mean, that's common with many Doctor Who companions, especially at that time period, and like also in the seventies. Oh, um, see, see the Leela's exit. Something that still makes me mad today. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just a shame really, but I mean, at least sort of like her and Jamie had 
like sort of improved upon the idea they were trying to set up with Katarina is uh, these people are sort of like fish out of water. You know, mm-hmm. they're not from contemporary times. So, I mean, obviously, I think Jamie works a lot better. Yeah. But... So it's funny that you have this, the, the, the trio of the Doctor, uh, someone from far back in our history and someone from not quite as far back in our history. Mm. So there's like sort of 200 years between them. Yeah. But by the time that they... Well, no, actually a bit more than that. But by the time that they joined the TARDIS, mm-hmm. Jamie has been with the Doctor much longer. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it, again, it's one of those things of if that's a dynamic that we had today, mm-hmm. they would do a lot with that. But because it's now, it's sort of like, you know, oh, you also the great Doctor Who tradition of a brutal murder of a mem- the only member of your family <laughs> there come with us now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, but again, I think, uh, do you know what? I think she would be much lower if two of the Cybermen didn't exist anymore. Mm. But thank goodness it does, because that really builds a lot of her character and you know a lot of where she's coming from mm-hmm. i think it's sort of like it just seems to lose traction after that though yeah it, it doesn't really seem to go much further than that really it kind of gets unstuck a bit doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah so who you got number seven yep this is going to be blasphemous mind susan okay um i mean because purely this we were sitting watching um Oh, goodness. Keys of Marinus. Yeah. We were watching Keys of Marinus a couple of weeks ago. And it's right at the beginning, and it's that bit where Susan wants to go paddling mm-hmm. in the acid sea with the bloody glass things. <laughs> and it's just, she does all the screaming, and I just was like, kick that bitch in the sea and had done with her. <laughs> Are you for real with this? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you time out? I mean, it's a serious, it's sort of the getting with the, the Victoria thing that you were feeling. Mm-hmm. It just it just makes my teeth go like that sort of thing. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And again, because I mean, we're going to talk about Ian and Barbara a lot. I think in yeah. a little while, so I won't go into it too much here. Mm-hmm. But out of the as she's sort of the juve lead, mm-hmm. she just kind of does. Don't say she does nothing, mm. but she does nothing. Yeah. Fair enough. Really, for me, I mean, and as well, I mean, I wish they'd done more about her being a time lord. Mm. I mean, obviously, they hadn't come up with all those ideas yet, but... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. I mean, for me, she never does anything as... I mean, because that first shot of her, she'd listen to the radio yeah. in A Knife Your Child, and she's doing those kind of weird hand movements. Mm-hmm. And she never does anything as interesting that as that ever again. Yeah. For me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, I'm going to get told off, but, you know... <laughs> Fight me, IRL. <laughs> she goes in number seven. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, my number seven is Stephen. Oh, okay. Yeah, and again, he doesn't. We, a lot of his stories don't exist anymore. But mm. this, there's something like strange. There's an odd charm to him. You know, mm. like the scepticism he shows in Time Meddler and things like that. And mm. but also, um, it's like things like. You know, at the end of Dark's Master Plan and uh, Mask of St. Bartholomew's Eve, when he actually really, like, takes the Doctor to task for, like, doing that. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, it's not something you really saw much of in the classic. Certainly, sort of, like, during William Hartnell's time. And maybe occasionally throughout thereafter. But you never really see much of, like, the companions taking the Doctor to task. No. I mean, he he really challenges him. Hmm. And it's something, again, I think because you, there was this idea that you had to have 
a man in the TARDIS who can mm. sort of run and punch and kick and do all that sort of stuff. It, it kind of does Stephen a disservice that that's his primary role. Mm. Because, again, he's he's got... There's much more interesting backstory to Stephen than, than that, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, and like you say, his his level of scepticism is is natural but not irritating to the viewer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's easy to be annoyed as a viewer watching these things. You're like, yeah, yeah look... You know, it kind of it, it's kind of the thing I have in when you watch a horror movie yeah. when you have or it's like the zombie outbreak or things like that and people go there's a zombie outbreak and blah 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 and they go to the scientists or the government guy they go don't be stupid this is all bollocks and then they they work they finally realise that it's at the end that it actually is true and they should have been fighting it half an hour ago when all of us realised what was going on and yeah. as an audience member watching it you can get annoyed going oh please get there come on I want to just get on with it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a companion doing that in in the doc, in Doctor Who, it could be like, oh, please just catch up so we can carry on with the adventure. Uh-huh. But Stephen has just the right amount of that before it gets annoying, mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, like, take again the time meddler. He has no problems with the TARDIS being a ship, but he doesn't believe it being actually a time machine. So mm. even then, like, you know, you've got um, the, the Viking hell on the beach and, you, and the Doctor says, there you go, how about that? And he says, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> it's the, the fact that the doctor actually takes the piss out of him for it that's, that's yeah, also yeah helmet for a cow yeah yeah, that's great and um, actually sort of like don't mind his exit because that's sort of like mm. well you know I could sort this out you know it's, it's not just yeah. like oh I can't hack this anymore I'm off but yeah I'm off to go and do something other people need my help more I'm off to mm-hmm. do this thing exactly which is, which is great as a companion <clears throat> exit I think because mm. You know, it's someone who's grown and involved with their time with the Doctor mm-hmm. and is taking their skills and putting it somewhere else. Yeah. Which is which is fine. Although, we go back and watching what we what exists of it or, you know, watching reconstruction stuff, Stephen really does spend a lot of his time poorly. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, to be fair, you, you sort of think, you wonder why it doesn't happen more. Mm. There's got to be some epic space lurks out there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Fair sure. enough. Yeah. Um, so my number six, yes, mine's Victoria. Um, okay. I think it, it's just kind of in the shuffle. Where does she go? And I think that's just kind of where she ended up. I mean, mm. I think purely on the basis of things like Tomb of the Cybermen is kind of why she got bumped up. Yeah, ahead of some of the other characters that are lower down. That's fair enough. Um, mine's Vicky. Okay, because it's. I think it's just because. She's a bit off kilter. Do you know what I mean? She, like, bit kooky. Yeah, she's got like this horrible monster that Barbara shoots, and she's like, it's a, "That's my pet, you bitch." You know, so I can. Uh, <laughs> and like, Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> and then you know, um, the Romans when she's sort of like, "Oh, you know, um, I think I might point poison Nero." You know, it's like there's just it's those moments that I really like like of her. Yeah, that's fair though. That is fair. I, I mean, I think you for, again because these things are kind of so much is lost. You kind of almost forget about things like that. And yeah, you're quite right. Mm-hmm. She does have some sort of oddly brilliant little moments like that. Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of why she ranks as high as yeah. I think purely because I mean, like everything what you said was true, but it's like also, but also this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. again is far more interesting than Susan. Anything any, any, those other lot did. Mm-hmm. 
Um, number five. So my number five yeah. is Stephen. Okay. I put him. I mean, this this got a bit of a story. Right. As much as I don't have anything against Stephen, mm-hmm. I have got generational beef against Peter Purvis <laughs> because. <laughs> When my mum used to work at a certain branch of a certain high street bank, mm. he used to go in and yell at her and was horrible to my mum. Don't cuss my mum, mate. So mm. I basically, I was trying to put aside my personal animosity towards Peter Purvis <laughs> and my try and be objective. So that's why I ended up at number five for me because I thought putting him any lower down was too harsh. Mm. That's, okay. <laughs> also, fuck crafts. Mm. Um... Your number five? Uh, Susan. And I think Susan sort of like gets up there, I think purely because she was the first companion. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, everything you said was correct. She Mm. really doesn't do much. But I don't know. I think you kind of, it's sort of, it's very hard to like quantify exactly why she's like up there. But I think it's just because... You know, you never, you can't really. It's how much can you take away from the person who was there first, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. But yeah. I'll tell you what it is about Susan. Her exit oh, yeah. is the worst. That's garbage. Okay, okay. Here's here's a question for you. <laughs> Whose exit was worse, Susan or Leela? Do you know what I? I'm a I'm a bit on Leela. Mm-hmm. I feel like Leela's is worse because although that she, I mean, she has two lines literally with this Andrew bloke, and then she's like, oh, "I love him. I'm staying here." <laughs> like, what you know? Yeah. And, I mean, she's a proud warrior of the Sever team. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> Whereas with Susan, she kind of was mooning about over David, wasn't she? But then mm-hmm. the fact that her granddad was like, "Right, I'm locking the doors. You're married to him now. Enjoy your shitty post-apocalyptic life on Earth." <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think the good thing is though, like, she does like returns. Obviously, she returns five doctors, such as it was. Um, but also, they brought it back for the big finish audios as well. And um, she, I mean, although yes, the big finish aren't strictly canon. Um, it, it's I think it's such a nice touch to like bring her back and actually like have her own child. I mean, mm. it doesn't turn out all that well spoilers <clears throat> um <laughs> but um yeah it's, it's just like i can't not place her any i can't obviously can't put her higher yeah but you um, can't put her lower you feel like middle is is fine yeah i think yeah. that's fair um yeah so yeah who's your number four then this was hard the top mm. four was really tough for me yeah and it purely because other people came higher it's jamie okay it hurt me to put him at four. Right. Because I think he's fantastic. Mm. Like his development from when we first meet him to when he leaves us mm-hmm. is incredible. Yeah. And the relationship between him and the second Doctor and the other companions which come and go, mm-hmm. I think he's amazing and a deeply underrated companion mm-hmm. in my eyes. Mm. Um, I have Ian. Okay. Um, and I think it's just, mm. I, I mean, I love Ian and Barbara. Yeah. But I think Ian's something, somehow slightly like lesser of the two. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I mean, yeah. he's still, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he's like, he is the hero of the, yeah. the foursome, you know, something dangerous needs to be done. He'll volunteer, you know, so the, the older person and the women stay safe. 
you know, he'll insist on helping. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's old school chivalry and all that. Um, but, you know, it's just... Again, like you say, it's it's so hard with with the top four to, mm-hmm. like... I mean, like I say, any of this list really could be interchangeable. I mean, it's like especially like these, these four. But I think... I, just because... I think it's, it's just preference. Do you know what I mean? I think... Yeah, the, it really the, is, yeah. The, the top three, I think, I prefer more than Ian. And it's not to say he's bad. He's, no. He's a very good companion. I like him very much. And, you know, I always quietly hope one day, you know... I hope, you know, William Russell sticks around for a few years more, at least. So yeah. he gets to do a, a, a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, I just like to... Even if it's just like, you know, obviously we've got class coming up later in the year even if it's just like one scene you know at let me see the end of episode one when you know whatever crisis of the week has been averted and he says well you know i've kind of got some experience with this sort of thing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah true um yeah i mean i'm sort of in the same again i mean because i had a definite idea of one and two mm-hmm. but then placing three and four was yeah was quite tricky i mean um my number three is ian right and i'm still in that i'm i i understand exactly what i mean because i could have easily switched these two around yeah i mean it, again it's 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 sort of because you put as well these sort of top four for me from what we've got left mm-hmm. it, it's kind of those duos mm. they're, they're they're the one i mean because for some reason uh-huh. A lot of these companions in, in the sixties, they tend to come in pairs. Obviously, yeah. Ben and Polly, mm-hmm. Ian and Barbara, things mm-hmm. like that. So it's difficult as well to distinguish them from from each other. Yeah, it's it's almost. hard to narrow it's like down. How... Yeah, it's 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 kind of like picking a favorite child. You know, it it's, is really it's, yeah. It's so like you don't want to do it. No. I mean, um, there's there's many qualities in all of the these top four companions. Any of them could have been anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I think Ian slightly slightly edges it for me. I think because of what I think because sort of the the softening of the first Doctor as well. Because mm-hmm. when you first meet him, he's really uh, really abrasive. I mean, yeah. like we watched the reconstruction of Marco Polo, and he's bloody awful in it. Mm-hmm. Like not would it not but not Hart. No, I mean like the the Doctor's character is infuriating in it. Yeah, and it's really it's really only Ian and Barbara that sort of carry this story, mm-hmm. you know, especially that one. Mm-hmm. From obviously from what we can understand of it from what's left, um, but yeah, it's it's really. I mean, obviously those two which drag these things forward. I mean, also and as well watching it as an adult, that all the stuff they're trying to teach you is. Quite shoehorned in. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, in Marco Polo, we're sort of learning about condensation and things like that. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think that, like I say, I mean, as much as I love Jamie's character and I love his evolution and I love his relationship with a couple of the the girls who come in, because Jamie, I think, still holds the record for longest-serving companion. I think. Think, yeah. Yeah, yeah possible. So, I mean... As well, his it, the fact that his longevity his longevity speaks to how much they like Fraser Hines and how how he bounced off Patrick Troughton as well. Like those mm. two had a real chemistry, mm. and not only could they do serious stuff, and like obviously Jamie being from Jacobean times, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's like you know, it, it's there's so much that he has to take on board, and that mm. 
transition that he makes from when to when we see him last, it's really it's really great. So yeah. No. yeah. So your number three? Uh, Zoe. Okay. Yeah, and it just um it, it again it's like it's the double act. You know, I yeah. whenever I think of like the second Doctor Companion, it's always Jamie and Zoe. It's never yes. so much Jamie and Victoria and I think it's just because, you know, there's more episodes from like the last half of Patrick Troughton's time existing. Mm. Um but so I I kinda like Zoe because it's it's kinda like how we were talking about Romana in the pre our previous show. Yeah. Exactly She's that. Very, very educated, but very wet behind the ears as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's like um, it's what I can't remember. It was like Leo or something in uh, her debut episode said uh, he called it all brain and no heart. Yeah, and it's good to see us like warm to things. And uh, you know, for all she's a logician and stuff. You know, even like the doctor. You know, um, sort of like tries to like poo-poo that slightly and he says you know logic like only allows you to be wrong with authority yeah you know what i mean and you know again i think that that's a tribute to sort of the writing and the and the way that patrick Troughton did his doctor Mm -hmm. i think that that could really come across as like quite condescending and or as a criticism but with with the second doctor and zoe's Mm -hmm. relationship it's literally a thing of like you know i acknowledge that you're brilliant all this other stuff but Mm -hmm. The emotional intelligence side needs is, work. Needs work, and you know, sort of gently steers her that way. Yeah, and I mean, also like in the mind robber, you know, she's, she's got this <laughs> massive like smile on her face because you know she she's fighting you know her favorite fictional character, this huge sort of like wrestler type called Carcass. <laughs> she's just absolutely kicking the shit out of him. She's tiny. Oh, yeah. Wendy Pabry is wee. You could put her in your pocket. I mean, because ah. I saw her at a convention, and there's a picture of her and Chuck, and Chuck just looks like a bloody giant compared to her. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, just uh, she's great. I love her. Yeah, she's fabulous. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, one of my favourite things of the of uh, part of the bits that she did i mean in the invasion where she just talks a computer to blowing itself up yeah yeah which is fan she do- again does it with a huge grin on her face mm-hmm. so i mean that's the thing i think there's a bit different with zoe in the you know she chooses to go with the doctor and she does he does things that she doesn't understand sometimes mm-hmm. but she's like okay well i'll go with it and she's yeah. having the most fun ever even i think even when things are a bit dire mm-hmm. she sees it always like a huge interesting problem to be solved yeah and again the way that that di- that three-way dynamic between the doctor jamie and zoe especially between jamie and zoe mm-hmm. you know because jamie obviously it, it'd be easy for him to be the ignorant one going burn zoe's just kind of going oh this blah blah blah, blah and mm-hmm. tapping stuff in the computer and sort of jumping around doing fixing things but jamie's emotional intelligence mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm tempted to use the analogy from Spinal Tap, yeah. the hot and the cold and the lukewarm water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, because she's my number two, so it's always okay. number two for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, my number two, and this is probably oh, see see again, two and one are easily interchangeable, but I'd say number two is Barbara. Okay. Yeah, um, and it's just because of. The two between her and Ian, she's probably the like the one who got the most. I mean, yes, she got like threatened 
a lot by men who yeah. have their wicked way with her, but she did not stand for any of it. Right. She absolutely balked the doctor when he accused them of sabotage and edge destruction. Yep. Um, she, you know, uh, and her she whole. She tries point... to save the Aztecs from the Spanish. Yeah. I mean, yeah, true, that didn't stick, but. Worth a try. Yeah. And, you know, if you had a, the thing is, though, it's one of those things of if you had access to a time machine. Mm-hmm. And you're a passionate historian. Exactly. Like Barbara is, wouldn't, and we, we don't know these rules that the doctor just sort of, at this point, arbitrarily seems to be picking out of the air whenever he decides that exactly. he is or isn't doing whatever that day. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you try what Barbara tries? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was, there was no sort of like fixed points in history because, I mean, this is very early days of Doctor Who. So, mm. you know, you obviously had no idea that it was Time Lords. You know, you didn't know that there were other TARDISes in existence. Um, you know, it's it's this is all very sort of like embryonic. Um, mm. But just Barbara just sort of like... Uh, it's sort of like so strange because when you think of like some of the other companions who would like follow in her footsteps, they don't really reach... Like, it's kind of like they got it in one shot. And yeah. sort of like some of them just like... They, they, they aim for that but it just sort of like i don't know it's just it's she's she's kind of everything i mean you know i'll, I'll just say spoiler alert, obviously people do this on countback barbara is number one for me mm-hmm. because what you're saying is dead right they got it on the first try essentially with her yeah she's everything i mean or it could be because obviously she's the first not a screaming girl mm-hmm. and not just going out to punch people in the face like yeah. uh, ian ends doing up doing up doing quite a lot um she is kind of the perfect kind of she's got the balance. icon of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's got the smart, she's got the toughness. I mean, I think as well, she's kind of a bit like, if you're a soap opera fan, mm-hmm. the kind of matriarch, the Peggy yeah. Mitchell, the yeah. the everything. I mean, you know, she's just like, what's wrong? I'm going to do my hair in a bun. I'm going to put my fucking cardigan on. <laughs> I'm going to kick some assholes in. I will and smash a dog is- with a truck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I think she's she's kind of held up as, you know, amongst sort of the, the you know, in the kind of Mount Rushmore of companions, mm-hmm. I think Barbara's face is carved into it. Yeah. She, she's sort of like the lightning in the bottle. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And it's, it's sort of like so strange because you think like, they tr- I mean, obviously they have to try, try and mix things up slightly. So, you know, obviously you have companions who maybe aren't as bright as Barbara or, you know, who are more peril-prone than Barbara. But it's sort of like she's the actually like what you kind of like need in a companion, especially one who is female. Mm. And it's sort of like, I mean, I suppose, I suppose if like, you know, if they try to do it like over and over and over again, it would just get tedious. And like, you know, if every companion was the same as Barbara... We'd all be going like these days. Oh, another companion who's like Barbara. Can we not mix it up a bit? Mm. But do you know what I mean. It's like I think it's because they got it so right on the first attempt. Like we say, mm. it's sort of like it's it's brilliant. But at the same time, they kind of I don't know somehow shoot themselves in the foot. Because they because uh, you know it, it's there is an argument. Say, so have they been chasing this this ideal ever since? Mm. Yeah, but but mind you, they once Susan left and they and Ian and Barbara went together. Mm-hmm. They never really tried to do this whole family unit idea again. Mm. Really, they couldn't <clears throat> recapture that 
that again. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I mean, because obviously they had, like I was saying, they had people trying to replace Susan, mm-hmm. but they couldn't yeah. get that magic together. And I think that's probably a bit why, you know, that um, they decided to move on, both yeah. uh, Jackie Hill and William Russell. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, like Stephen, if you look at Stephen, he's more sort of like a big brother type. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just in the, way the, in the way that he acts. So, yeah, you're right. They never really sort of, like, attempted to do that again. But I think even by that point, the show was, like, shifting away from what it set out to be in the first place, which was an educational show. It was still a Yeah, so there's show. no need to have two teachers. No. And, um, I mean, something as well that they always struggle... I mean, it may be that... Again, looking at Zoe, um, mm. that they struggle to recapture again with Zoe, someone who is as intelligent as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. So this idea of equal intelligence, yeah, thing, they've never quite hit that again, really. I mean, because again, we we will talk about Romana more in our Key to Time uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. But even in the modern series, post two thousand five, we have characters like Martha, who is a medical doctor, mm-hmm. and things like that. It it never quite gels as well again they they almost they almost have to do this whole thing of that the doctor is the scientist or the you know the clever one in inverted commas and so the girl is the emotional mm-hmm. part of the show yeah yeah and it's sort of like when i try and think about it i mean probably you know leela aside all the all the companions who are like at least intellectually on par with the Doctor. I mean, like we like I say, Leela and Martha aside, they've all been like more futuristic companions. So obviously Zoe, Romana's a Time Lord. Adrix, mm. you know, we don't really know what period of time he's from, but you know, he's from you know a colony of. He's, he's an extraterrestrial, you know. Nissa, planet essentially, yeah. Yeah, Nissa, you know, the same, and you know, it's. Uh, I don't know if like. It's like, it's like you sort of like they. It seems to be like a trend, like say that the futuristic companions. You can't really do that with modern day companions. I don't think. No. You know what because I, mean? I suppose this whole when when we talk about futuristic, most of the mm-hmm. time that gets conflated with superior intelligence. Yeah. For us, storytelling doesn't it? Yeah. It's only really when you're talking about explicit dystopias. Mm-hmm that you sort of think, well, they're going to be, like, the same as all of us. Yeah. You know, it's the alien, for, yeah. for a sort of best example of that, yeah, where yeah. they're essentially just space truckers. You know, it's... Um, you know, you kind of have to say, well, they're ultra-intelligent and they're from the future. These things are mm-hmm. kind of inextricably linked. Yeah. But I think, say, I think the reason why Barbara rates so is because she sort of manages to bring in the strength and the emotional intelligence together mm-hmm. into one thing. Well, exactly. Look at the Aztecs. Yeah, look at the Aztecs. Yeah. Well, I would say to anyone, look at the Aztecs. Oh, yeah. Because it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, obviously, Barbara's your number one. My number one's Jamie. Yeah. I mean, Jamie McCrimmon. Bloody marvellous. Amazing. I, I yeah. love him. I love him so much. I have a slight man crush on him. Um, <laughs> I think everyone has, actually, to I be mean, fair. It's, it's just him, the rapport with him and Patrick Troughton is perfect. You yeah. know, the scene when they enter the Cybermen complex in Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh, that's the best. Where the, the Doctor tries to take uh, Victoria's hand, he ends up with Jamie's, and they even, like, walk so far, and they're just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, 
Jamie, even though, you know, he's from like the 1700s, you know, as a Jacobite, so he doesn't, you know, he calls an aeroplane a flying beastie. At least he's, he has this sort of like tendency to try and rationalise things in his own mind, so like tries to like, you know, a- apply his own like logic to things, you know. Well, something, much... that, or something that, again, is so successful when we move <clears throat> on to Leela, <clears throat> when she's putting things in her context of her tribal background. Yeah. So, like, I mean, just as I was coming up to recall, Chuck was watching Image of the Fender, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and that whole bit of um, someone coming to cut the verges from the council, and she obviously interprets that in the way that someone from a tribal background would interpret what a council is. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like you say, with Jamie, he c- c- tries to contextualise things in his... So, in, so it makes sense to him, but it doesn't come across as cheesy. No. It, it's it's very sort of like you'd obviously expect someone to act like that if you plucked somebody from those times and just sort of dumped them, you know, in these days. And even then, like, if there was something he couldn't quite reconcile, it would just sort of like, you know, it's like brush off his eye that. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so it's yeah, like, I mean, yeah, whatever. Something that, I mean, a character trait which could be profoundly irritating. Mm. But it works, again, because because uh, Fraser Hines makes it work. Yeah. And it's very strange to think that he maybe he never even made it in. Because I think um, he wasn't intended to be written as companion, wasn't he? No. I think they filmed a... I think they filmed another version of the Highlanders where he like, stayed behind. And I think if if that had been the case, I think we probably could have lost certainly one of the greatest companions there's ever been in Doctor Who. Well, so I think there's a reason why he stuck around so long and it doesn't feel like he outstayed his welcome. Yeah. I, I, and even came back for the, the two doctors, you know, as yeah, superfluous exactly. as that was. Well, I mean, do you know what? I think that actually one of the more upsetting things about um, the war games mm-hmm. in Jamie being put back right where we found him in yeah. the beginning of the Highlanders, that's almost more brutal than the Doctor Who Falls to Regenerate mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff because all, that's, all the stuff that happened to Jamie, I mean, just went from as far as we know, watching that all this all the stuff he's learned all his experience is just gone yeah and that seems more cruel than anything else and it makes me wonder whether that was the inspiration for donna it's gotta be isn't it's it gotta be yeah 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 but i think i read somewhere like i don't know whether it was the novelization of the war game or something but um you know when the jamie's you know been mind wiped and sent back and he's like facing off against that red coat, and he shouts, "Can I get you?" And apparently, the the, the red coat actually like turns around and like pegs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. That's yeah, great. I mean, love it. Uh, just Jamie McCrimmon would be fucking salute you, man. Yeah, you were great. I'm sorry I put you at number four now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's that's that's always the thing when we sort of like, try and do these lists like these is. There are some you know have to go near the bottom, and some yeah. you know definitely no go up the top. Yeah. But you know you could like we could come back like on Thursday and re-record the show. It would be different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah, probably. So. Mm. so, anyway, if that's everything, um, if yeah, pretty much. If you have your own particular worst to first of 60s companions, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at greatestshowatsimplysyndicated.com. Uh, you could send us a, a poke on our wall, I think. Is that the thing? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand the kids <laughs> these days. So it's uh, facebook.com slash podcast. Um, you can put it across a couple of tweets on uh, at Pod on Twitter. While you're on Simply Syndicated, do check out all the other great shows. Uh, Simply Everything is our subscription service where you can listen to Simply Everything that Simply Syndicated has ever produced for uh, £6 a month. Um, please do donate uh, 
kindly to simply syndicate it if you can. We have a PayPal, we also have Patreon. Uh, do buy stuff for the merch store as well for your clothing and uh, mug needs. And yeah, mouse pads. Absolutely. Yes. So, with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And we'll talk to you next time with the Pirate Planet. You are! <laughs> Damn our storms! <laughs>